Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. Thank you so much for lending us your ears and the only non-renewable resource you've got. That is your time and I dare say your attention. Over the last few months, I've been traveling a lot and one of the highlights of my travels, I must say, was on, I think it was called the Rainbow Row or Rainbow Deck or something like that down in Long Beach, casually stepping out into the walkway and introducing myself to today's guest and her traveling companion. And uh, it just goes to show how important it is for us to uh, attend these in-person events and for you all to send your non-executive team members to these events so they can have a chance to interact and meet folks, expand their network and their influence. My guest today, Isha Rege, joined New Energy Equity, a company many of you are probably familiar with, back in 2019. And today, as we did recently with my friend Miguel Mast, we're going to do a little bit of a career profile so that you can look into the work of someone who's held the role of project development and project coordination and project management inside one of the industry's fastest growing companies. Isha is a bright young woman that I have come to respect and admire, and I look forward to our conversation today. If you like what you hear in this conversation, I hope you'll subscribe to the show because that's how you will be accessing all of the other conversations twice a week that we bring to you just like this. Of course, you can always check them out in our back catalog, more than 450 such founder stories and startup advice over at mysuncast.com, including Matt Hankey, the founder of New Energy Equity, you'll find in that back catalog. I hope you would check those out. Special thanks to all of you who have been listeners from episode zero. I could not do this without you. For now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, in today's Tactical Tuesday here on Suncast. All right. Well, as I mentioned just a moment ago, today we're hanging out with my friend Isha. Isha, it's so good to have you here on Suncast. Thanks so much for having me, Nico. Did you ever imagine back in January that you'd be featured on the Suncast podcast, uh, randomly strolling down Rainbow Road there in Long Beach? Nope, not really. But I was so happy to run into you. And I've been following you since over a year or something. And yeah, Suncast was one of my favorite podcasts. And I was so happy to just strike up a conversation. And here we are. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, and for me, as someone who routinely you know, speaks into the void, we don't get a chance to, as, as creators, we don't get a chance to meet the folks who consume the content. Because it really was a joy to meet you and Marquise. And I have to say, you know, the reason that I stepped out into the, in, into the walkway there to say hello to you guys is because earlier in the day, I had, uh, I had said hello to Marquise from afar. For anyone who listened to the 
Birchie episode that was live, you'll actually hear me say there's one and the one that I was referring to when someone in the audience raised their hand because they recognized my voice was Marquise Matthews of New Energy Equity. He's also a rather large guy with dreads. And so when he walked down the aisle uh, or the walkway there, it wasn't hard to to pick him out from the crowd. So shout out to Marquise. We'll have him on the show as well to talk about the sister company from New Energy Equity at some point in the not too distant future here. But today I want to dig into the conversation that you and I have had recently about your career journey. For those who are not familiar at all with your work, we'll get into kind of the roles that you've had, but this is your first job out of college. And for the Suncast tribe, there's a lot of folks in grad school, a lot of folks in uh, their first or second job out of school who are listening to the show because they're wondering, where would I go next? What does career path look like for me? So I thought it'd be fun for us to explore that. You game? Yeah, that sounds exciting. Let's go. Well, Isha, I'm going to do how I generally usually do for the start of these interviews. And I'll start back a little further than college. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I think I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I was very much a biology nerd. And I was really mm-hmm. into learning about different animals and insects and plants. And I had all these picture books that I would really enjoy and buy from like the book fairs every year. and then. Didn't really know what to do with that, but I knew I wasn't interested in like medicine or any of that side of biology. So then going to college, I just picked a course where it would be related to biology and something I can do. And I was figuring out if research is the way for me. So I originally grew up in India, but the reason to step into the US for my bachelor's degree was that like the universities here allow you to change majors and figure out what you do, whereas it's a little more rigid back home. So that's mainly why I came in as a bio student and then kept switching around till I figured out renewables is the way to go. Fantastic. So you weren't raised here in the United States. You immigrated here for college. Yep. So I, yeah, born and brought up India till I was 18. Fantastic. Uh, well, and you're in your, I think, early 20s, maybe mid 20s now. I have to say, I'm continually impressed with your generation's uh, grasp of the English language as mm. a non-native English speaker. But my, my hat's off to you. Because there are so many Americans who don't speak as clear of English as you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're very, you're very welcome. Uh, you know, I would love to know before we dig into the career path you have taken, what career path did you perhaps always think you would go down, but did not? So, like I said, I, I thought I would do something related to biology and environment. So I liked a bunch of like environmental courses I did in college, which I thought were interesting. I wanted to ideally get into renewables, but didn't really know a way to. So mm-hmm. this job kind of happened because of networking and just right timing. So it, this mm-hmm. became my first job. But I always thought I would probably get into like environmental conservation or soil and water stuff and then probably transfer into renewables at some point. But I just got lucky. <laughs> so Isha, you immigrated from India to attend university at Virginia Tech. Why did you choose Virginia Tech in particular related to the sort of your desired path and uh, what did you study while you were there? So I picked Virginia Tech. I applied to a bunch of colleges and Virginia Tech was kind of the best school that I got an acceptance from. Um, It also has a solid biology program. But after Mm -hmm. coming in in like one semester of classes, I realized research is not for me and I would like to work in the industry. And I always had an interest for math and science. Like I was not passionate about maths and physics and all engineering, but 
I was like, this, this sounds interesting. This is a way to get into the industry somehow. So I kept switching yeah. majors and then I ended up in biosystems engineering, which is like broadly environmentally focused, but it was more agriculturally focused, not as much to do with renewables. So then in my third year, I was like, I need to get into renewables. So then there was like a minor with green engineering. So there are a couple of courses dabbling in solar and wind, but I feel like did not give me a full taste of what I was getting prepared for, but it was still pretty interesting. It was going towards my interest. So, yeah. So as I mentioned at the top, you have been at New Energy Equity for the entirety of your adult career, straight out of college. Do you remember the moment where you first heard about New Energy Equity? Walk me through the process of, of landing that job. I think I heard about the company for the first time when I was applying for jobs, to be honest. So at that time, it was a smaller company than it is now. And I was like employee number 22 when I came in. But now we're like close to 50. So it's pretty cool to see the growing in a company. But coming in, it was a mix of networking and timing. So I was taking a senior class and that professor was in touch with the Virginia Tech alumni who works in the engineering department here. So he reached out to his professor and the professor just provided the opportunity to the senior students and I just happened to get picked. So that's how I got this job and that's how I landed here. What was the connection with the professor? How'd the professor get this lead? One of his ex-students works at New Energy Equity in the engineering department. So he's a five-year senior to me. So he had graduated by the time I came into Virginia Tech, but the professor was the common link between us. How do you like that? You see, it's so important to be able to stay connected in that network. And also a, a lot of a lot of folks think that there's, you know, there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of execution required to get a job out of college, but it does ultimately come down to luck and timing and being ready for it. Right. You could have been having a bad day that day in class when he announced, Hey, this job opportunity uh, or not particularly focused. And it would have gone right by you. And so many wonderful opportunities that you've experienced in your career uh, with it. What was the job specifically that you applied for and were hired for? So I applied for the job of an entry-level project engineer. So that was the job I came in. And then right now I'm a project manager. So this is my third role in almost three years. Fast growing company. It's uh, typical for someone who is capable of taking on increasing levels of responsibility. Looking back on the young lady who was hired that day, was she ready for the role that she was hired for? I think she didn't know what she was stepping into, but she was ready for the role. (laughs) Like I remember, so coming into for the interview, I didn't really know what to expect. I researched on the company, of course, and came in. And I remember talking everyone's ear off as to how much I wanted to be in the solar industry. And I don't have any real experience, but hire me, please. So it was very, I had a bunch of, like I had um, an internship experience working in China uh, one summer through Virginia Tech which exposed me to the solar industry and some of the production modeling that's done in the industry. I also did my senior design thesis project was based in solar water heating system design. So looking back, it was very student level, not something you can really apply in the real world, but it really piqued my interest into this is something I can do right out of college. Like I don't have to wait to figure out how to do this. So that kind of pushed me in that direction. And the professors really helped me uh, figure out what I should do next honestly. Do you remember any resources or processes that you use to think about how to find a job out of college? I think that's a really nebulous experience for a lot of folks that are trying to find their way into the industry. I think 
<laughs> I remember like after, so for this uh, senior design process that I was talking about, the project, it was uh, based in a school in Guatemala. So we got to travel there in spring break and that kind of changed my life. And I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. I finally found it. So I want to do solar energy and do international development. And then I kept, I didn't know where to get go with that because I had no actual experience. So I would like go to like World Bank websites and like international organizations and they're not going to take anyone out of college. So I was again stuck. So that's how I started reaching out to professors and being like, how do I get this dream job? And they were like, for that, you need to get an actual work experience and work with a solar company to figure out if this is what you want to do. You can't change the world tomorrow. <laughs> Great advice from a professor. So, so kudos, <laughs> kudos to you for reaching out, being proactive and saying, hey, network of peers and experienced mentors, where can I get a, a, a lead? Where do I, where do I tap into the right resources? When you think back three years ago, what were some of the deficiencies that you had to compensate for that maybe the company didn't expect or even you didn't know to expect when you got there? And then I'd also love to hear in what ways you do feel like you were prepared for the role. In ways I was not prepared was definitely just like the technical knowledge base of like solar systems and how everything works. Because ideally, I think this job would be for like an electrical engineer with that background, which I did not have. But I was really grateful that New Energy gave me the opportunity to pick up the skills myself. So they introduced me to SEI and the courses that they provide online. And that's how I was enrolled into two courses, thanks to my supervisor. And that's how I got introduced, got the technical base that I needed to start off with. And that that really cemented me wanting to be in solar industry too. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out for Solar Energy International. Uh, I'll be interviewing... Elizabeth Sanderson on the show here soon, the, the executive director there. What an institution, 25 plus years of teaching folks like you how mm -hmm. to gain the technical skills uh, and, and sort of provide real world applica application to the passion. What about ways that you were prepared? I, I'm curious always, folks come out of college and sometimes feel like they're hyper prepared and then they hit the work world and realize, oh my gosh, these three skills were really the only thing that I came out of college with. What do you think the the you know the two or three things were that college really prepared you well for in the work world with new energy equity, specifically with the solar company? I think related to the solar company. So like the projects that I mentioned and the internships I did were largely through the university too. So that was a super useful thing to talk about and help, help me stand out during my interview. Also other skills would be just um, hard skills, like technical skills involving AutoCAD. So I had taken a course at the university. So that helped me with like designing and modeling um, just knowing about PVSYST was a surprise to some of my, my interviewers because it's such a niche software that's not used anywhere else. And it's not really mentioned in universities either. I didn't. I knew about it because of an internship, not because of some course. Okay, so for the person who's listening now who's going, PV what? Can you explain <laughs> uh, like the one minute primer on what PVSYST is? PVSYST is a software that it's a pretty complex software where you can involve like do the basic design of a solar array system with your location where the site would be and all sorts of losses with like weather conditions, with like wiring losses, all of that. It basically takes all your inputs and gives you the production numbers of like, okay, if this is a system you're talking about. This is how much it'll produce every year on year. And then what is its efficiency? So those numbers are the basis of most contract deals in the solar industry. So PVSYST is highly revered, used everywhere. So knowing PVSYST is a huge advantage. So PVSYST is a paid program mm -hmm. that 
effectively you, you either are going to pay for out of pocket or you're going to work for a company that has a license. Mm-hmm. What tools in the public domain could folks use that would give them uh, early experience in this kind of simulation without having to go pay for something like PVSYST? I think PVSYST has a free, like a trial version. Like if you're taking a course alongside it, it can be useful to pick it up maybe. Yeah. So along with maybe a PVSYST free version, which didn't exist but when I was learning PVSYST, there are the Solar Advisor model, which was created by NREL and its corollary in Canada, created by the Canadian Renewable Energy Association or labs or whatever called RET Screen, R-E-T Screen. Uh, they are two free versions that I've found very useful. In fact, large companies, Maxion, formerly SunPower, um, default to SAM, the Solar Advisor model for their uh, for their teams. Interesting. Production, I'd love to yeah, check production it out. Modeling. Yeah. yeah. So for the geeks out there, you should definitely check out these. They're free to download. Red Screen actually is a more comprehensive sort of energy modeling tool. Okay. Obviously, Solar Advisory Model is to, dedicated to solar yield uh, modeling. And that's something that if you're looking to go into the solar industry, I would highly recommend become fluent in one of these tools uh, because the knowledge of how they work will help you if and when you're asked to run something like PV PVSYST modeling or understand how to assimilate uh, 8760 data, like really getting to getting your head wrapped around the, these terms like typical meteorological year. We've talked about all of these in previous episodes as well. You should familiarize yourself with along those lines. I'd love to know, walk me through the three roles that you've held and what exactly you do in those three roles. Now I don't need an exhaustive sort of job description, but Kind of what are you responsible for and how does in each one of those roles, the organization depend on you? Talk through that evolution of your career. So I joined the company as a project engineer. So that was largely for the first year was just picking up basic skills, learning like the knowledge through the courses and helping out with direct tasks like creating site plans, creating production models with PVSYST and helping out with the development process as I could. After a year of that, I moved into the role of solar development lead. So that was leading the development process within the new energy equity engineering department. So that involves mainly working with the interconnection process of new projects, working with the landowners that are involved, working with third-party contractors, and making sure the project moves along to a point where it's ready for construction. So with solar development lead, it was more of the first part of the project development, which is, say, we have co-development partners. They bring us a piece of land and a landowner interested in developing. And we take the process from there, applying for the interconnection, applying for permitting, getting all the pieces together for it to be ready for construction was what I was managing. And now this year I moved into project management so right now I'm learning the ropes, the ropes of like construction of the project and getting it all ready to be up and running. So this was the trajectory of my career. And that's I'm also going along the trajectory of the life of the project within our company. So that's interesting. That That's something I really enjoy being here doing. Have you been curious about utility scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid-cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. Its built-in DC-to-DC coupling combined with other features like higher energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash SunGrow. 
Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on Suncast. Yeah, you. Thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void. But there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know. I can hardly believe it myself. (laughs) But that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show. If you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast, I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review. That's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today. So if the show has helped, inspired, or even entertained you at all, I'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. Isha, congratulations on being able to take those incremental steps in your career at such a young age. I wonder, as you reflect on the the specific asks and sort of the skill sets around you, what core skills did you have to develop in order to accomplish the the incremental responsibility that was given to you in the in the organization? I think so. I would like to split those skills into two types. So one would be just hard skills, picking up technicalities, picking up basic knowledge and learning as you go. So I'm still learning the construction side, technical uh, knowledge, and it just grows with every project I get assigned. So yeah, that's not something I can pick up overnight anyway, but that's growing. Outside of that, the soft skills, I think are equally, if not more important to be able to manage, effectively manage the project with multiple parties involved. So it involved in across my previous role and this one. So Previously with development, it was dealing with landowners, our co-development partners. Internally, I was leading a team of three. So delegating that work, making sure the workflow and deadline flow is fine. Like we're not missing anything major that comes along our way. But now also with project management, it is dealing with external partners and first-time partners, which has been very interesting to me. So previously it was people who we worked with for quite a long time. So we're used to each other's workflows, but now it's getting used to someone else's or coming to a common ground, which has been a very interesting learning curve. So something I'm really enjoying and was not expecting as much. Was there anything that you, perhaps it was a mentor, perhaps it was a book or or some other external resource that you leaned on to bolster those soft skills as you started to realize, I've got to figure out this matrix management thing. I've got to lead these three people and I'm not really sure how to do that. I think it was mentorship. It was my supervisor, Dini Slake, who's um, the vice president of engineering and construction here at New Energy. He's been the biggest mentor along all my roles and just skills I he would like me to develop to be able to advance in my career. Or he's always been the one to point me in the right direction and be like, I think you should work on these XYZ skills and you're good at the, these skills. What's a career oriented X skill that he pointed out to you that was in your blind spot? One major one was, which I took forever to get over, was just being realistic with my time and timelines and calendar and not taking on too many projects just because they interest me. Because I tend to just overload myself with things I like doing, but (laughs) fail to like figure out if I actually have time for them. So I would just take on internal projects too with like research projects or other things within the organization. And he would always make me realize like, no, you don't have time for this because you've signed for all these other things. (laughs) 
So yeah. so it's the power of saying no. Yeah. Learning to say no and being okay with it. Letting go of an opportunity once in a while. It's mm. okay. You don't need to Young compromise career, everything else. Yeah. That's a really important skill to learn early in your career, lest mm-hmm. it become a, a, a bad habit. Yeah. That you, uh, I had a, I had a boss, uh, pardon if anyone gets offended by this term, but I had a boss <laughs> in the past who coined that being an opportunity whore, right? And in your 20s, you just feel like you've got infinite time and opportunity and availability. Yep. And you never want to say no to anything. And, you know, we still see that perpetuate for folks that don't have a, a great mentor like you did. We see it perpetuate into the 30s and 40s and be detrimental to someone's career. Yep. It's a really key skill to learn early in life. Along that line, I'd love to know, perhaps I'm going to, I'm going to modify this question a little bit mm-hmm. to understand from the organization's perspective, what do you think are the core skills that you get paid for, i.e. along the spectrum of the roles that you've done, what is valued most by the organization? I think the most valuable skill would be to be able to get the job done, to be able to be independently making decisions and moving moving the task forward, like getting the final deliverable is usually finding the solution. It's not let me complete this and get it corrected by 10 different layers and then everything is delayed. Since it's a smaller company managing the kinds of portfolios and projects we do, I really appreciate that they, uh, the seniors and supervisors really trust have trust in you to get the job done. And that's what they value the most. Like if you're relying too much on them when it's not necessary, that's also like, no, that's a skill that I've been pushed into because I tend to comply a lot too. I'm like, I'm not sure... Do you think I can do this? They're like, no, you do it. We believe in you. (laughs) So if I tie a thread through the three roles that you've been able to manage, it would be that that the team has identified, supported, and encouraged critical thinking and being able to take care of deliverables without needing to get input from your superiors on every little thing. Yep. Much better. But thank you. And is that something that for the team that you manage, is that something that you now model and mentor for them? A hundred percent. Yes. So mm-hmm. yes, previously when I was managing the development team, that was something um, I would push them to do too and develop critical thinking because that just is more efficient and helps everybody get more things done efficiently and correctly. Isha, if you reflect honestly about the your growth over the last three years, is there an area where perhaps you made a wrong assumption or decision and how did you course correct? So I would think not like one specific major wrong decision that I had to course correct, but more of, like I said earlier about time allocation and being realistic with your time and how much you can realistically get done instead of just getting excited with every project that interests you. That is super critical, I feel like. Yeah. Well, given time is so critical, is there anything where you look back on the last three years and wish that you'd spent more time on a specific area? I think looking back, it would be more during my university days. So I wish I was more proactive and find what interests me. So I took, I feel like looking back way too long to figure out this is what I like to do. I kept like canceling things, which is great. But at the same time, I was not really looking out to, oh, this specific uh, hobby or topic really interests me. Let me see what I can do within it. And I found a lot of it in my senior year when I did not have any more time to get involved in different organizations and getting to know the solar world better. So yeah, probably that. But within my workspace, not really, because it's been very fast moving, but yeah, not a lot of time even to stop and reflect. Nope. And ready for the next challenge. So 
it mm. moved along at a good pace. That always is a good sign. Yeah, I think I would give myself the same admonition in college that you just enunciated. And it's probably where I would say colleges right now could do better is early mentorship around finding, like really experimenting the way that your professor said, go try it. You have to try it. I see so many college kids that come out of four years of effectively just playing and dabbling and they never even did an internship. They they worked at restaurants and they worked at the local bookstore and they... They just did like odd jobs and they never used that four years of crucible to, to stress test things and see where their interests lie. And so then what happens is their first or second job becomes that crucible. And um, yeah, you can really accelerate things faster if, if you do it that way. For sure. Is there anything that you think perhaps industry by through the lens of new energy equity, we could be doing better to help new job entrants kind of get a better footing and maybe technical skills or even soft skills, but I feel like folks kind of still look at solar and the broader clean energy sector as this black box and not really sure what's necessary, what transferable skills there are. What, what would your response to that be? I think for some new job entrants or even like university students or like we were talking, one thing would be to expose them better to the solar industry. So it would be great if there would be more companies within the solar world or even larger like clean energy world to be out there at college fairs basically showing students that there is a need for new uh, talent in the industry and we need more people to be working in the industry. So it's, I feel like a two-way problem where there's so many job opportunities, but then not enough skill sets, but then people don't know that there are these opportunities. So they just we are away because they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So I've seen like a lot of my friends like just steer into traditional industries because they know what to expect versus they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So if like career fairs would be great if like we could do these SEI courses even in universities, I feel like would be a great opportunity to just get for students to get a feel of what they might be doing if they go down this path. You know, one of the things I wonder is how did you choose your area of focus inside of the organization? Was it kind of handed to you? Did you carve it out for yourself? How did you find your lane inside of the company? And what advice might you have for folks that are trying to figure out how to pick that area of focus? I think so with with my personal experience, it's been a bit of both. So it has been since I came in as a project engineer, it was a natural trajectory to go the way I'm going just along the life of the project. Um, but I was also interested in getting into project management. I could have chosen to stay within the development side of things and not really explore the construction side, but this is something I had interest and we, new energy was happy to take me on since we've the large number of projects we were doing, they just needed another manager too. Were you asked to take on these other roles or, or were you seeing opportunity and then in a sense, raising your hand and saying, Hey, I'd like to take on additional work. I was definitely raising my hand and going for the next opportunity. Um, yeah. But we do have regular, especially since COVID happened, we've been having regular weekly check-ins with our supervisors. So it's been an ongoing conversation. So I really appreciate that it's not an end of the year conversation of what do you want to do now versus it's like every two weeks we check in and be like, are you going towards the goals you set for yourself? Like largely, not just your current role. So that kind of helped me. And that's me. a one-on-one -on -one with your supervisor? Yep. One-on-one -on -one with Dean. Okay. <laughs> so that was really helpful for me to figure out too, because I didn't have a plan coming in. I still don't have a plan, but it's always good to collaborate and be like, what are the next available opportunities? What is something you would like to do? And does that fit? Let's try that. So it's been largely a collaborative process throughout. How important 
has the concept of networking and building a community been for you early in your career? And how have you conceptualized that? I think it's extremely important. So like we discussed earlier, I got this job largely because of networking and timing. So it was through the Virginia Tech network, which is super strong with like students and alumni and teachers. Um, Outside of that, I wish I had done this more in university, but I started early on when I joined this job was built my network on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn has been my number one way to network with professionals. And I am really interested in general in climate change movement and clean energy transition with along with solar professionals and the whole whole of it. So where do you where do you find that community? Is there a place that you communicate with and interact with others that maybe peers of yours or or folks the same age, folks the same uh, same career track? I think I actually started this after listening to your um, episode with Matt. Nico. So I heard that seminar and then there are a bunch of other amazing people. So I started there. So I added all of them on LinkedIn and started cold messaging all of them and being like, can we have a small chat? Like I really find your career interesting and what you do. And I would just like to know more. And I kept doing that and adding people as I went. And in doing that, I became part of organizations like Climate Change Makers, Women Plus and Climate Tech. Um, I'm an ambassador with Battery Associates. All of that has come through LinkedIn. And they're just wonderful communities of people who are trying to do something similar and help each other out along the way. Yeah, fantastic. Hopefully we'll link to those resources for others that might, uh, you know, the idea is to accelerate folks learning and Mm -hmm. get them a step ahead of where they would otherwise be before listening to this. Thanks for referencing again the episode with Matt. We did a couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was in our career Fair, did we call it career fair, career seminar back in September of 2020? We'll link to those as well in the show notes. Well, as we as we round out here, Isha, any particular or timely advice you might offer to folks that are considering how to break into a career in solar? Sure, yeah. So if it is someone who is like me, like fresh out of college, trying to figure out if solar is for them, I would say just having demonstrated enthusiasm. And interest in it, if not already knowledge, like background knowledge, not always necessary, but, and it should not just be like, oh, I like solar. Let me try it out. Like you need to do like networking, find out information, get in the know. So I think that would be the best way. And if it is someone who's already like looking to switch careers, you can probably build off of your current skill set, be it management, be it finance, be it marketing. Like we need people in every field within solar. So yeah, come on, join us. <laughs> so I'm sure you can build off of that or then switch around and build more skill sets if you want to complete switch out. Well, Isha, I've asked you a couple of times here. I want to maybe circle around to this as one of our final points for folks who are trying to get smarter about the industry. As you just said, do your research. What resources would you point folks to? How do you regularly sharpen the saw? I think just following magazine publications like PV Magazine, following NREL, following um, all like sorts of research institutes or big companies would naturally put you in the know of like what's the latest news uh, involving the solar industry. And when you say follow them, do you get on their email list? How do you follow them? I usually do that on LinkedIn, but I'm sure they Mm -hmm. have ways to have like Uh, their monthly newsletters if you wanted to. So New Energy has our own newsletter too. So you can follow us. (laughs) But um, outside of that, um, I usually do LinkedIn. So you get different perspectives and people's comments. I really enjoy that too. So it's not just a one-way street. 
Do you have LinkedIn as a daily uh, a daily process? Pretty much. Multiple times a week. Multiple times a week. Is it something where you do at certain same time every day? Um, Not exactly, but I would probably do it like late afternoon or like I just need a break for like 10 minutes. Let me see what's happening in the mm. solar world. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of well, how I use as it. As anyone who's listened to Suncast on a regular basis knows LinkedIn, I think, is the number one place where folks can can know and grow their sure. uh, their clean energy network. You can follow the hashtag Clean Energy Revolution, one of the groups that we've put together to help connect folks in the industry. Well, I'd ask where can people engage with you? My assumption is that it is, in fact, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you're right. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yep. yep, same name, yeah, Isha Rege. Isha Rege, and we'll link to that in our show notes. Isha Rege is project manager for New Energy Equity, and this has been a fascinating look at the growth of your career. Thanks for joining us on Suncast. I look forward to following along as you continue to take on increasing responsibilities, Isha. Thanks so much, Nico. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that's a wrap on today's practical insights into this Solar Warrior's career profile. <laughs> what did you learn? Do you like these vignettes on folks like Isha who are on the front lines? I have not done these types of real deep dive career profiles, but I've got one more coming with my friend Miguel Mast in a few weeks. So if this was entertaining for you, I'd love to know it. I've been in this game for a long time and I still learned from you, Isha. So I want to thank you for taking the time to stop by and share it from your knowledge. I know that Isha would love to hear back from you as well if it inspired you. So I'm going to give you some details in just a moment. We'll be right back here on Thursday with an amazing interview with my friend Matt LaDuke. He's also been in the game for a long, long time, most recently at Next Era. So why did Matt leave to build an electric vehicle company? Tune in Thursday to find out in our long form executive profile. You won't want to miss this one. Since you're already going to be hopping online, I would love it if you would share this episode with someone on LinkedIn. It is a real treat when I get to hear from you, and I know that Isha would love it as well. We can learn how this episode resonated with you, and we'd love to learn who you think needs to hear this story today. And if you are eager to keep learning, well, you, my fellow Philomath, can find the resources and highlights from this and every other discussion, along with the social media links for our guests and the book recommendations and so much more at mysuncast.com. And one more thing. It's just a reminder that maybe the single kindest thing that you could do for me right now is to leave us a five-star rating and enthusiastic review on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, as this does help others filter out the noise and find value in Suncast, just like you have. So thank you for that. Thank you ahead of time. You can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash Suncast. It takes about three minutes, and I'm forever grateful that you're even considering it right now. That's ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast it should be right there in the description notes in your podcast player thanks again to our sponsors who help make this content free to you each and every week you can learn more about them as well as how you could partner with us here on suncast and share your message with the tribe go to mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor remember you are what you listen to thanks again for showing up solar warrior it's half the battle <laughs>